they're just ambitious women networking while some other women aspire to get burkin while some other women hit the club and get twerking educated women know that it's a bit irking whether you be a woman or you be a male you need to listen to janina and shalia l because if you know like i know ain't nothing better than the billy john authenticity is something that they really on <laughs> this is the john a podcast i love y'all be forward. Welcome to the Joint Podcast. I'm your host, Shalia. And your host, Shalina. And today we have a special guest, y'all. We have Anthony in the building. Anthony is Janina's husband. Say hi to everybody, Anthony. Hi, everyone. So we're going to begin with our affirmation. Today's affirmation says, forgiveness is your greatest weapon against all enemies. Y'all cool? I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like as an adult, time go by so fast. I can't believe it's about to be July. Yes, it is. It's about to be July. Before you know it, right? As we gonna we gonna be celebrating your birthday. (laughs) Ugh. Mm. (laughs) Oh, that's that's the birthday plans this year. No, Uh I don't have no birthday plans. What about you, Anthony? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I am tired today, but you took your I'm vitamins good. today. I did. I didn't sleep good last night, so oh okay. There is a lot to do with it, but I'm good. Yeah, I don't think I sleep good any night. <laughs> I keep though. I mean, I got a two-year-old in, in, in between. He's three. So, oh, three-year-old! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's it's cool. So, oh, I like that, John. What's your oh, I like that, John's for this week? Um, mine is a podcast. I just listened to like the first episode. It's called "Reclaim: The Story of Mamie Till Mobley." Um, it's actually a companion piece to a docu a documentary, but I didn't watch the documentary. Um, but they kind of gave like a background of like Mamie's story, but I'm only on the first episode. So who was Mamie? <laughs> oh, Emma Till's mom. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Child. I thought you knew cause you was watching the uh, other show. I was, I forgot. You gotta give me reminders, Child. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I might have to check that out. Yeah, Which they had even like they had like, I'm sorry, they had like sound bites from like people who knew her. I didn't know she she wrote a memoir. I didn't oh, did she? I'm gonna have yeah. to check her out too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Anthony? Uh <clears throat> mine is uh Beyond the Spotlight. Uh, I just happened to be at a friend's house last night and um it was about Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and what he does 
for the community, for the basketball world, and just him growing up from him growing up in Newark to the present time. Um, just talk about his giving um, and being raised by a man who wasn't his father, um, but you know, stepped up to the plate when he married when he married his mom to be his father, and just the person that he turned out to be. Um, it was a really good. Um, it was a really good story. That ties into what we were saying last week about the impact of black fathers. Yeah, definitely. I actually think I watched it. So it's, it's a yeah, couple I've more. Seen. I think it's one with uh, Samuel Jackson. LeVar um, Burton, right? Um, I think so. But yeah, I, I think I remember um, watching it. Yeah, I just happened to run across the one last night with Shaquille O'Neal, and you know, it's probably something that I'll probably watch again, you know, with other actors and other stars, just to see, you know, what impact they have on the community and you know, just in their everyday life. Okay, that's what's up. My oh, I like that join is the Martin reunion on BET Plus, y'all. I went from laughing to crying. I was like, what is school or here? But um, it was really good. It was the cast reuniting. Of course, Tommy passed away. So they did like this whole tribute to him and his wife and kids were there. So that's when I was crying on the tribute because all the stuff that they were saying and things that he did to the community, how he wanted people to know God. It was really good. Um, so was it like an episode or was just them all talking, like the cast talking? It was just the cast talking. Of course, they did like a spotlight on each person, like their favorite parts or funniest parts from the whole, um, you know, like out life of the show. Bruh Man came on. They had Brian McKnight there. Like they had like a lot of um, special guests. It was hosted by Atheon Crockett. It was really good. It was good. So definitely worth i had got the i don't i don't have bt plus but i had got the seven day trial so that i could watch it but it was good i enjoyed it bt plus Mm -mm. yeah bt plus oh yeah might have to get a free seven day trial yeah (laughs) yeah that's what i had to do all right so you gotta hit this join up is where we highlight a small business and this week we're highlighting it's homegrown llc It's Homegrown LLC was created from the ideas gifted to owner Tiffany Belton by her ancestors and the remaining living um, women in her world. She sells all natural ingredients that are designed for use from head to toe. Um, Her website is itshomegrownllc.com and you can find her on Instagram at itshomegrownllc.com. So make sure y'all hit up this small Black-owned, woman-owned business. I actually checked out her website. I'm going to put in my order today. She has some really um, interesting things, though. Make sure y'all hit her up and support her. So with that being said, we're going to jump into our episode topic, which is a topic um, that's near and dear to Anthony which is why he's our special guest today. 
And this week's episode topic is turning over a new leaf and leaving your past behind. You want to give a backstory of like maybe an element of your past that you no longer, you know, you feel like you grew from. Um, so basically with me, um, I used to be in the streets. Um, I've done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, been to prison a couple of times. Um, and for me, the change came um, from a, a couple of things. Um, I went to prison in 2006 and I did four years. Came home, was sort of on the right track, but still dibbing and dabbling in the streets. Um, and then in 2013, uh, I went back to prison. And during that time, um, right after I went to prison, my, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and that kind of took a toll on me. Um, my grandmother was more like my mother. Um, like she just, she never belittled me or never, you know, she was just my rock. You know, um, and when she, you know, when I got the news that she had cancer, um, I called my, my wife was at the hospital or at the hospice with her. And um, I said to her, I said, well, I said, mom, I said, you know, you can't leave me like this. You know, you, you, know, you got to hold on until I get home. And her words to me were, if I do, it's your fault. So that right there just played a, a bigger part in my in, in, you know, in my change because my grandmother has always been there for me, um, no matter what no matter what the cause. You know, if I was in jail, you know, the first time I ever went to jail, she bailed me out. Um, no matter if, if, I, if I didn't have no money, she bailed me out. You know, when my kids were born, you know, she said, "Here, boy, go get the kids, whatever." You know, so again, she was bailing me out. You know, she was just always there for me. And the one time that she needed me because of my selfishness, you know, I couldn't be there for her. So that was that was the beginning of my change. And then once she passed away, you know, at one point I thought I didn't, you know, I had no, um, I had no right to live. Um, regardless of, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, I just, you know, my grandmother was my everything at that time. Um, then, you know, going forward, um, my daughter, uh, watching her grow up from behind the walls, you know, of the Pennsylvania State, you know, correction centers, um, you know, receiving mail and receiving pictures and of her going to dance and then with my oldest daughter, you know, seeing her graduate from um, middle school, things I couldn't be a part of, you know, that began to do something to me also. Uh, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who lives in North Carolina and uh, we were on the phone. Uh, I was in prison, he was on, and I called him one night and he just said to me, he said, Williams, some things are just not an option. And not really knowing what that meant um, took me a while to actually comprehend what that meant. Uh, fast forward, 
uh, what, three years, 2016. Um, I came home. I got the opportunity to, you know, be back on the streets. Uh, and just, just being able to be there for my daughter, uh, to watch her grow up, you know, to be a father. Uh, just, I understood, that's when I understood what some things are just not an option. Um, and what that meant was, you know, under no circumstances can I go back to prison. So once I got that in my head, you know, I started, started working. And it was like, once I, once I left the street alone, you know, I seen how God started blessing me with different things. Um, you know, I started out, I went back to construction, you know, and I, I used to have the, my wife used to have to get up in the morning. Sometimes she would just drive me to the train or, you know, sometimes she would drive me to work. And, you know, depending on where I was working, once I got off that train or that bus, I had to walk, you know. Um, so it, that, that kind of humbled me a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, and as life, you know, as life kept going on for me, you know, I started getting blessed with other things. You know, I went from working uh, one job to working two jobs, you know? And it's not, it's not the street money, you know what I mean? I'm actually earning my keep. So now with me earning my keep, I tend to look at life in a different light, um, you know, being able to support my family legally, not having to worry about, you know, the cops knocking on my door or, you know, me driving illegally. I finally, I finally got my license, you know, after 20 years of being suspended, you know, uh, I got my driver's license. I got a car and just knowing that I can drive around, not worrying about and if the cop won't pull me over, you know. Um, so it, a lot of things just helped me evolve into the, you know, the person that I am now. Um, you know, within a couple of years after me being home, of course, you know, somebody had a little bundle in the oven. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Don't start act like she did that by herself. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, she didn't do that by herself. I'm just saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, she was like, uh, yeah, we about to have another kid. And I'm like, you know, and then, you know, she was working at a job where she wasn't comfortable. Um, we were doing okay financially. Um, you know, she, you know, she, she asked me one day, she was like, you know, can I quit my job? And I'm saying to myself, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, you know, in my head, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, hell no, you can't quit your job. Like, you know, but, you know, nevertheless, I told her, listen, that's what you want to do. Go ahead. And me being able to support my family wholeheartedly, you know, without my wife having a job or whatever, like that just, it made me feel good. You know what I mean? It made me feel like, okay, now you're really being a man. You're stepping up to the plate, you're doing what you have to do. Um, and then, you know, I don't mean to put all our business out there, but you know, my wife had an accident, you know what I mean? She needed a new car. And for me to be able to go out and purchase her a car, um, 
you know, and her not have to worry about how the car payments going to get paid, how the insurance is going to get paid. Like for me, you know, it, I was cool with it. You know, that's my wife, you know, for my wife, my kids, this is what they need from me. This is what I'm supposed to do as a man. So, you know, like the change for me, like was the best thing that could ever happen. Um, so, and, you know, even now, you know, um, you know, my wife, she sacrificed. I decided that I wanted to go out and get my CDLs. And, you know, it's, it's she allowed me to do that. And, you know, it's been hard. It's been a sacrifice because I'm away from home a lot. Um, but again, I was blessed to get my CDLs and, you know, get a job that I like doing and it provides for my family. You know, we don't have a lot. We're not perfect, you know what I mean? We don't have all the finer things in life that we would like to have, but we have what we need. So, you know, it was either, you know, change or continue to do what you were doing, go back out in the street and be away from your daughter, your son, your wife, you know, and the people you love, you know what I mean? And be away from somebody else, you know, some other family member that you're close to to die and you're not there for, you know what I mean? Um, not long after I came home, my uncle died on Mother's Day, my grandmother's brother. You know what I mean? And that took a toll on me. But the one thing that I can say is that, you know, through it all, I was there for my aunt, you know, my cousins, you know what I mean? And it was enough for me. Just to know that I was able to be there, you know, for them, it's enough. For me. Okay. So do you think that you like having got do you think that you had to go to jail in order to actually grow and like become a more, a more responsible person um yeah you know and it's, it's sad to say i mean that's what it took for me it may not take the same for everybody you know it had for me it took me being away from my kids not being there you know when my grandmother passed. And mind you, this was the third grandparent that had passed and I was not there. You know, my father's mother, my, my father's father passed first. I think he passed in like 2000, 2008. And then 2009 or a little bit later, my grandmother, my, my grandmother on my father's side passed. No, she passed the same time you're Cam passed. She passed two weeks oh, before Cam you're, right, you're right, you're right. So, right, my grandfather passed in 2008. Then my mother's mother passed away in 2014. I think so. Yeah, I think it was 2014. And within a week or two weeks later, my father's mother passed. So here I have three grandparents that passed away. And, and each time you was in jail. Each time I'm in jail. So just to think, you know, what if my mother passed away and I'm in jail? You know, my father died 30 years ago, um, 30 plus years. And, you know, one person I have left is my, you know, my mother. So what if I'm in jail when she, when she passed away? I can't be there for my sisters, my brothers, you know what I mean? So I just made a decision that I'm, I'm not going back to jail. If I'm going back to jail, it's going to be, for something and not not nothing illegal. It's gonna be about my kids, about my wife, about my mom, 
Like it's, it's going to, and not not to say that that's right, but you know, as men, sometimes we have egos, you know, for certain things. And my ego is my family. You know, you can't do something to my family and just think, you know, everything is cool. So, how many years? Do you feel like collectively you spent in jail? Wow. <laughs> All together? Uh, uh, let's say eight, nine and a half, ten. Collectively, I'm going to say about 12 years of my life. Wow. You know, yeah, adult life, or did this start like this, this started this started when I was 17 years old. Okay. You know, 17 years old, my first bid. I went to a, I went to an adult prison. Um I, I went to jail from 91 to 92. This was about 18 months. Uh, then I went back to jail in 96 for another year and a half. Um I went to jail in 2000, um, 2000, 2001, and then from 2006 to 2010, and then 2013 to 2016. So it's, it's about 12 years collectively of all the time I've actually spent in jail. Wow. Like each, each time that you went, like what would you say, like when you would come home, what would be the trigger that would cause you to go back to, so each time that you went, were they all for the same same type of things? Right. So most men's mentality when they come home for prison is to get back to some money. You know, if you don't have you don't have a support system, um, if you don't have nobody to help you, you no know, support system or anything, and that's all you know, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go back to the streets and get money the best way you know how. So for me, um being broke was the trigger, you know, to going back to jail. If I ain't got no money, I'm going to go out there and get it the way I know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with you going back and forth, and I know, I'm not saying, like, jail is, like, a good place, but I know the state of, like, how the prisons and jails are now, especially after COVID, is horrible. So, kind of like, it's never a right time to go, but it's kind of like you got out at the right time because, (laughs) no, seriously, people people are are dying, not coming out. You know what I'm saying? It's not not their fault. It's just that order, they were supposed to get processed and to get out and things happen. You know what I mean? So I just want to say it's good that you got out when you did because who knows what the state of, you know, oh, where it could have been. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I got a homie right now. He's been down 30 months, you know, because of COVID. You know, every time he's supposed to go to court, you know, he's like, well, we're not having court, you know. So he just kept postponing and postponing and postponing. So, you know, like I said, you just got to have, you have to have a support system, you know, coming home from jail. If you have no support, you're going back. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? If you don't have the mindset to want to change, 
you're going back. Just that simple. But I also think that by being incarcerated at a pivotal time in your life, like 17 is a pivotal time in your life where you can choose, you know, what your future is going to look like. And as a young man, without having guidance, a lot of times, you know what I mean? You don't realize that the decisions that you're making is having this huge impact on your life. So now in your 40s, you basically lost 12 years of your life because of, you know, continuously making the incorrect decisions. Well, I mean, I mean that goes back to, you know, y'all series last, you know, last week of, you know, having a father in your life. You know, uh, my father, he wasn't directly in my life. Um, he lived in Virginia. I lived in Philadelphia. I would go see him in the summertime. Um, my mom got married, moved us to North Carolina. She moved, you know, moved us with, she got married, moved us to North Carolina with her husband. And, you know, a man who never took interest in me or my sister. Um, so, you know, being a dad to my kids, you know, I'm, I'm being a dad to my kids the best way I know how, because I never really had a man figure in my life. The only man, the only male figures I had really in my life was one, my grandfather, my father's father, my grandfather, um, who was a man that, you know, all he did was work. My grandmother never, she didn't work in a pie factory tasting pies. She didn't have to, because my, my grandfather was a provi provider. Um, I did have a I did have a a, a godfather, um, who who owned the business, but I mean he wasn't like a strong figure in my life for me to follow. Like consistently, right? So the only two, the only other two people in my life that I knew that had an impact were my two uncles. You know, and you know one was a hustler. Well, they both were hustlers. But one hustled a different way than the other. You know, my my uncle who's still here, you know, he used to sell drugs. He sold drugs and then he got on drugs. You know what I mean? But at some point, you know, he decided to change his life. And he, you know, he got clean, been clean for 27 years now. And then my other uncle who, who passed on Mother's Day a few years ago, you know, he hustled, but he also was a school teacher. You know, he, he retired from he retired from two jobs. And he tried, he retired from Western Union and he retired from as a school teacher. But he hustled every day. He was a loan shark. You know, he hustled every day. And anything that anybody needed in the family, they could go to him and be like, yo, oh, I, I need four thousand dollars or I need six thousand dollars. He's like, all right, well, when I'm gonna get it back? Well, you know I gotta put some juice on it. He didn't he didn't care if we was family or not. He would give us the money, but he still put some juice on it. So, you know, those were the only two men. So hustling is what I knew, you know? So, and, and so again, that's why I say, you know, when we come out of jail, if we don't have a support system and hustling is all you know, if, if it, whether it's selling drugs, uh, robbing people, you know, whatever the case may be, if you don't have a support system, that's what you're going to go back to. So let me ask you a personal question. Did your mom move y'all to North Carolina to try to give you a better life? 
And why did you lose contact with your father once y'all moved? Well, okay. So let me answer the second part first. The second part, I never lost contact with my father. Um, again, because I was so young, I would still go see him every summer. Um, to say that my mother moved us to North Carolina for a better life, I don't know if it was supposed to be a better life for me and my sister or a better life for her. Okay. So, um, and I'll be the first to say, I mean, she gave me the option. She gave me an option of staying in Philadelphia with my grandmother, moving to Virginia with my father, or moving with her to North Carolina. She's my mother. What am I going to do? I'm going to move with my mother. Okay. Yeah, and it probably shouldn't have been a decision for a child to me. Of my life. It probably shouldn't have been a decision a child to me. And I was given an ultimatum. Well, if you come with me, this is where you're going to be. But if you stay here or you go there, there ain't going to be no running back and forth. So, you know, as a child, I want to be with my mom. Yeah. Loyalty. You you felt like it was loyalty or did you feel like you didn't want to- I didn't know what loyalty was back then. Did you feel like you didn't want to hurt her feelings if you chose not her? I, I, I can't. That's the question I can't answer. I mean, I was a child. You know, as a child, you want to be with your mother. You know, <laughs> sometimes like it depends. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, depends. Well, well, yeah. You know, it depends on, you know, well, for our home, you know, it was just me and my little sister. You know, I was 10 years older than my sister. It was me and my mom and my sister. Right. Then you would you be know? leaving her too. Right. So, so, you, yeah, I was about to say, you probably was thinking more about your sister too. Maybe, not. like I said, this. 30, 30-something years ago, I can't think that far. Right. But, but when did, so when did, when did you and your father, like, so you used to go visit him, where did the, dis, when did the disconnect occur? Like, what happened with Ooh. that? So, um, so basically what happened is, you know, at some point, my mom was like, you know, because we lived in North Carolina, you know, back then we only had landlines. There was no cell phones, and you know, it was it, that long distance call was it calls. And right. you know, I, I used to want to call my father. And she used to instill, well, your father know where you at, so if he wanted to talk to you, he would call you. So when you, as a as a child, when you keep hearing some things repeatedly. It began to set in your mind, and, and that's what happened. I was like, oh, well, well, he wanted to see me, he called me. He wanted to talk to me, he called me. And then at the age of 15, you know, I come home from school, and, you know, now I, 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 he commits suicide. So now I'm confused. I'm confused as, man, why, why, did my pop, why would my pop kill himself and, you know, not talk to me or, you know, not let me know what was going on in his life or whatever the case may be. So, and, you know, I, I'll be honest to this day, you know, I still hold some resentment to my mother for right. that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you, That's a heavy burden because as an adult, you're like, wow. So my father was suffering from depression in that moment when he needed me. He probably needed me. Like a phone call from me could have made his day. Who right. knows? You like know. You, you, don't, you don't know and you'll never know. You know and not just that, sometimes you know, parents, like, he, they got the number, 
but sometimes they don't because you might not have gave it to them. So, or you might have changed the number. And that, you know, I just know. But they didn't have sometimes. caller ID back then. So, if he called the house and y'all wasn't home, how would you have known? Yeah, but I'm just saying her saying like he he know where you are, but did he really had a phone number? Because I know that that happens sometimes too, where parents be like, I gave him the number, but really didn't. You know, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. And it's unfortunate that he committed suicide. But, you know, it's just something that you have to try to, you know, process. And of course, there's going to be questions and what ifs and all of that stuff. Right. right. Even 30 years later, there's still a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of what ifs. And you know what I mean? Because, you know, just until a couple of weeks ago, I've had no contact with that side of my family. You know what I mean? Just like, what, two, three weeks ago, maybe? You know, I, um, well, I, I'll say this. When I had my truck accident, um, a cousin of mine actually, you know, I posted it on Facebook and a cousin was like, I hope you're okay. You know, from that point, we just, you know, he sent me his number and, you know, I gave him a call. We talked a little bit, but it's been 30 plus years since I haven't talked to these people. Well, you did speak to your grandparents after your father passed. Well, yeah. But I mean, that's also the thing about, you know, we spoke about this before where when children suffer a loss from their parent of one of their parents, like they need an abundance. Like it's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they need an abundance of like people showing their support and you know his father had a sister and it's not like she was like well because my brother's not here I want to make sure that my nephew still comes down for the summer that my that my that my nephew is still around us you know what I mean like if one of my sisters passed while one of my nieces or nephews was a child like if they not living with me like I'm still going to be involved but Shalia knows too because like she lived with you know one of her aunts but you know, it, that's just a lot. Sometimes adults can't get out of their own way and realize how the impact of losing a parent is affecting you. So it's like in that moment at 15, you're adjusting to living somewhere that you don't have your family like you did in Philly. Then you you are already dealing with like not really speaking to your father a lot, not knowing why. And then you come home and that happens. Like that's so traumatic and it's so life impacting. You know what I mean? Did you ever go to any like counseling or anything for that? And like, how was this support from your mom? <laughs> no, no, no counseling or anything. You know, you, you just, you know, for me, you just deal with it as it go. And, and I and I still do that now. You know, in everyday life, some some comes up or something happens, I deal with it on a daily basis. You know. So but have you, didn't you do thought counseling when you were in when you were in jail? You I was the counseling, the same, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because, you know, that was a, that was a, another, another incident that happened. You know, like I said, I, I felt like, you know, I had nothing else to live for. You know what I mean? You know, my heart, you know, with my grandmother, it was my heart, my heart was gone. You know what I mean? Like I said, she, you know, when it came to me, you know, not only me, but, you know, my cousins or, like she just, she was our rock. She was the rock of the family. You know what I mean? And you know, like I said, she never looked down, no matter what we did or what the outcome was someone, she never looked down on us. You know what I mean? The only thing she would ever do, the only thing she would always say to us, you know, like, she's like, you know, you're going to be stupid all your life. 
that was that was her thing with me. Boy, don't be stupid all your life. But basically, at the end of the day, what she was actually telling me, you know, I, I used to take I used to take money from people, you know, that they didn't know I was taking the money from. You know what I mean? She's always telling me, boy, you better leave them people money alone. You're gonna be stupid all your life. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't gonna be stupid. I'm just keep getting their money. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, but like I said, she was my heart. And, you know, when my heart was gone, that, you know, it was, I thought I had no reason to live. So as an adult, have you, cause what you've been through is a lot. That's a lot. Have you thought about going to counselor or a therapist now? Because like you, you, I'm, and the reason why I'm asking you this is because you made a statement as a man, you know, we just deal with stuff and it shouldn't be that way. Right. Like, there is you you don't have to just deal with stuff like you can you know talk to somebody about it because carrying all of that around can take a toll on you and that's that's so true but if you if, if you do a consensus on the things that men do a lot of men just carry things around you know what i mean because it's it's like is the burden is on us, you know, and we, we just deal with it on a daily basis. We deal with it as it comes and, and we keep it moving, you know, but to answer your question, no, I haven't. I mean, we, me and my wife have done therapy before and I've, I've let out some things, but, you know, just to say, Oh, uh, I want to go see a therapist to, you know, get some of these things that are bottled up in me to get them out. I've never even thought about it. I tell, do I tell you all the time? <laughs> Yeah, because that's a lot to carry around, and I hear you. Exactly, it comes out as a man. Like it should. No, y'all do deal with a lot, and that's why it should be more acceptable to seek counseling and get counseling. Because as a man, as a black man, y'all deal with so much. Right. Well, well see, and see, for me, this is something that my wife doesn't understand, and she probably will never understand. So when I'm really stressed out, or you know what I mean, I just want some me time, I go and play cards. Gambling, gambling is, for me, that's my, that's my um, sacred place. Because it's just me. I ain't got, when I'm, when I'm playing cards or whatever, I don't have no worries. It, you know, that, that's, that's my, that's my counsel. You know, that, yeah. that's what, no, I, I, listen, it's I'm, not counseling. I'm, that's your coping no, mechanism. That, listen, I, I mean, but that's a coping mechanism. But for me, right. but, for, but for me, this is how I deal. But it's not healthy. That that like it, for it me, I like be. to shop. That's not healthy. Like it doesn't matter. Like, but it's not taking can. away the problem. The problem. Right. Everybody want to be yeah. here. And, and you know you're right. But but again, like for me, that's just my. You know what? This is going on. You know what? Forget it. I'm gonna go play cards. I'll deal with it. If it come back up later, I'll deal with it then. You know what I mean? But so what if what if you somewhere playing cards? I don't know where you play cards at. But what if somebody busts in? The cops bust in. <laughs> so that's the potential of you, you know, possibly uh, going back to jail. How would you feel about that? Oh, I, I mean, I never thought of it like that. Uh, I mean, I, I've been playing at this same house for 
20 something years. Um, and, you know, it's, it's never been an issue, you know, it's, you know, it's never been, um, there's never been no fights. Um, you know, it, it just, it's just a friendly place where we all, you know, sit down and, we, you know, we play cards and at the end of the day, when it's all over, we go home and call it a day. Yeah, I just just think about consequences and I think your wife is not going to understand because she is probably worrisome for her. She doesn't know. And I think that's but I don't think that's fair to say that I don't understand because um I know why you you do it but I don't even call you anymore. So you can't say that well, I don't I, understand. Yeah, I, I, like, I'll agree on that. She don't call me no more. She's just like, it'll be home soon. I don't even like, I don't even call you anymore. But like I did say that you need to go back to work because, <laughs> 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 because, you know, you're not always going to win. And also sometimes being around people who aren't, you know, doing better than you sometimes, like, it's not always the best option. That's what I think. True. I mean, I think, I think he's done better with managing it. And, but he does have, like, we all have a lot of issues that we need to work out, but like specifically childhood trauma and relationships within your family is impactful and that is going to affect you being like a good father that is something that is going to affect you because if you're saying like well the men that I, that that in my family they did x y and z but those are not actually healthy memories of a man like you're not saying some people like oh yeah I remember my dad used to take me fishing my dad or my uncle always took me here or my uncle you know we used to go, we used to go here, we used to go here. Like, that's not really your memories of these people. Your memories is like just what they did that they benefited from. Like, well, not, not even so much that they benefited from. Like I said, my grandfather, my grandfather worked for PGW. He worked for them for 35 years. My grandmother never had to work. He paid all the bills, any vacation they took, cruises, whatever they did, he paid for. Uh, my uncle, you know, my wife, my aunt, um, you know, she she retired from an insurance company and she retired from the government. My aunt didn't have to pay for nothing. He took care but everything is not about money. Your but, uncle also used to stay out like every weekend to two, three o'clock in the morning. And, like that's and I, and, and I understand that. But at the end of the day, every bill in the house was paid for by my uncle. He put two girls through college. My aunt ain't had to come out of her pocket, not one dime. Anything but that, that doesn't mean she does, she didn't have things going on mentally that she struggled with. You got to think about the impact. Just think that, about it like this. Your son, you have a son, right? You yes. know kids absorb everything like a tissue. Your son could be overhearing you talking about it to somebody or anything, you know, and as he gets older, that's might not be something that you want him to remember you doing. True. So that's true. you, you just mean, gotta I, think about the impact that it has on your own family. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not always about like me personally, because I did grow up with a father in my household. My dad did work a lot, right? So my dad did work a lot, but 
when he was not at work, like he picked me up from school. When I had dentist appointments, he took me to the dentist. And when we left the dentist, we went to the arcade. Like those are some memories that I have. You know what I mean? Like even when I was a teenager, we went to the movies. Like I just feel like those memories, not just like the provider. Oh, he just paid this bill, paid right. this bill. Like kids don't know about that. That's right. not really what's important because if you die today or tomorrow, like it's not always about a bill. Like it, it is about that moment. Like sharing that moment with your kids, which I mean- I think you understand that. And because like with me, that's like, you know that that's big for me, like time, because you can't get time back and there's no cost on time. So I've always, when Anthony was away, I made it, made it a conscious effort to create a bunch of memories with me and my daughter, because I'm like, I mean, she, her memory and, and, and I mean, believe it or not, at 10, she don't have a lot of memories of him being in jail even though we went to go see him frequently, but that's not really like ingrained in her. Like she don't, she don't really talk about it like a lot, but. You know, and even now, you know, that's why I try to do things, you know, with my kids, Um, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm not the type of person who can really plan something. Oh, well, I'm going to plan this, you know, let's take this trip or, you know what I mean? Like, we're going away this weekend. It's because somebody asked us to come somewhere. It wasn't something that I, I thought about or planned. And, and maybe I don't know how to do that. But if my if if Janine says, oh, well, I want to take the kids to Sesame Place this weekend or let's do this this weekend, you know what I mean? But maybe that's something that you can work on because... Work on. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I feel like if I'm suggesting or if I'm the one that's taking our kids somewhere, then it makes it seem like that's it's important to me. And it's not necessarily important to you for you to go and create memories and do things with your kids. But like I said, I give you leeway because I understand that you didn't grow up the same way I grew up. Right. I mean, I, I just I, I've just always been taught. You know, stick with what you're good at. I'm good at. I'm good at. Listen, let's well, do you, this. you've always been told that, but you kept committing the same crimes and going to jail back, back to back. So obviously, I I, I thought you I was thought you was right. So you're not good <laughs> at. So obviously, you're not good at knowing what you're good at because you thought you were good at crime. Well, you were good at getting caught. Well, I'm, I'm good at driving now. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, it's never too late to learn something new. It's not, it's not hard. If you could plan out your days that you want to go play, he could plan a Vegas trip for right. his birthday. You could if plan you out a You're not good trip. at planning. Shalia, I've never thrown him a birthday party. Didn't he contact you and do all right. that for my you party? Planned, like you, you planned her surprise party. You definitely did. He planned so the, the Vegas trip for my birthday. Like you can't say that you're not good at planning things when you plant things. I've seen it. <laughs> this is what y'all want to do right now. <laughs> you say you're not good at, but like, you may you may not be good at doing every element and every detail. You know what I mean? But if you have an idea, like, oh, this is what I want to do, that's all you have to start with. Is like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is when I want to do it, and then you can bring in the people that's going to help you. You know, right. bring it bring it to fruition because you definitely plan that 30th birthday surprise party or whatever 
you did that. You did. You contacted my friends. And I came home. I didn't know anything about it. I came home and they were there. Yeah, but I did not not because of anything. <laughs> That's because somebody about. told or posted something. Posted, right. Yeah. Not because any, look, we were already on a trip for my birthday. So I thought that was my birthday gift. So I mean you can you gotta give yourself a little more credit. I'll, I'll, I'll try to be better. I just want you to be more intentional with like creating memories with your kids because that's so important. Like memories with your kids is so important. Like I said, because I know you didn't necessarily have like a father figure, somebody who was intentional with you. Like, oh, okay, let's take him to the basketball court. Let's do these sports with him. Let's show up for him. You know what I mean? Sometimes the importance of showing up for your kids may be lost. You know what I mean? Right. And at the end of the day, I believe if I had had a little bit of like if 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 my mother husband had been just a little bit of a dad, you know what I mean? You know, it, it might have been different. I mean, or, it's unfortunate, but some, um generational curses. It starts with you. It gotta start but, somewhere. You gotta break it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but I also think that women have to be intentional with <laughs> with the selection of their mate because yes. your mom was young. She jumped the gun because she didn't make sure that you and him had this rapport before she married him. So, you know, if if that was the case, she married him in a short amount of time of dating him. But it is important. It's very important. Like I said, like you were telling me about Shaq, about the story, how I didn't even know that he had a stepdad. I just knew that his real dad wasn't in his life. But, you know, I do know that he has a philanthropy like spirit. Like he he's when he's in the store, he just pays for people's stuff all the time. Um, but he also has a hustle hustle spirit because he's like always making money. But um like I was saying, it's important for all kids to have a dad. You know, like we say, fathers are dope. It, all kids, boys and girls, it's important. Yeah, it is, definitely. Because you I know for me, yeah, yeah, for me as a female who, like, I had my dad, but, you know, he did stuff and wasn't around all the time. And I know for me, Sometimes as a young adult, I made the wrong choices in men because I really didn't have my dad to be that example that I needed. You know what I mean? And it happened with my sisters too. So fathers are important for boys and girls. Most definitely. Yes. So what advice would you give people who like give somebody who's like, you know, they may, they may, they may have made not the best decisions in their past and they're trying to like go into the right track find a support system you know find somebody who's going to have your back uh for good and not bad i mean a lot of people they you know they they got your back but it's not it's for the wrong reasons uh but you have you have to have that support system you know whether it be your girlfriend you know your mom your aunt your cousin whoever it is they you have to find a support system because if you don't have so if you don't have a support system, you're bound for failure. You know, um, and, you know I thank my wife for supporting me, um, even when things you know when things were bad. You know, it's not always you know she she supports me regardless. 
Um, but even when things were bad, you know, she supported me. Um, so um, just, just have to have that support system. You know, if you don't have that, I can, I can guarantee you, you have nothing. But the thing about support systems is, how do you think people, support systems to me is about relationships. And some people don't have like the emotional intelligence to understand that with relationship, like for instance, you said about your dad, like your mom, not really having that like understanding well, if he's not reaching out to his son, maybe something going on with him. Let's check on your dad. You get what I'm saying? But it's more so like, well, he if he want to talk to you, then he will talk to you. So I just think that some people, you have to communicate. You have to communicate in order. Because I know a lot of people who I've been people support system, but I didn't feel like I got, I got the same. So I felt back. And it's right. like the support goes both ways. A lot of times people may feel like if you need somebody, let's say, for instance, if you need somebody, let's say somebody financially is better off than you, they can look out financially, but they may just need a, a an ear, you know, you can give them that. But I just think a lot of times people fell on the support system because they don't know how to build relationships and they don't know how to maintain those relationships because a lot of people are just like caught up in their own stuff. Not like, well, you know, every time I talk to her, because me and Shalia both have have witnessed this where you talk to somebody, all they do is talk about themselves the whole time. Yeah, but that goes back to childhood trauma and people dealing with stuff and not realizing how it can affect you. So you can't expect. I hear you with the support system, but it's people who have strong support systems and they still out here i know with me being like the field that i'm in i see people that had their mom their dad yeah you know belling them out and stuff all they gotta want to change but that's yeah Yeah. that's the thing again again like i said earlier you have to want it you have to want to do something you know what i mean and like i said for me was you know the first one of the times Janine sent me some pictures of Ava, you know, in her dance uniform. Or if I would call, I would call on a Saturday, she'd be like, Well, I'm taking Ava to dance. You know what I mean? And then when I get the pictures of her and her dance, it, you have to want to do different. You know what I mean? It, it's just like it's just like um my homie that he's about to come home. And like I tell him, I'm like, bro, when you come home, you gotta wanna be different. You gotta wanna do something different than what you're doing. You know, right. I've been his, I've been his support system, you know what I mean, since he's been away, you know what I mean. But like I told him, I'm like, listen, bro, I mean, I got you back now. But when you come home, if you're not willing to do something different, there's nothing I can do for you. So again, you know, you have to have a support system, but you also have to want to change. If you don't want to change, then like again, like I said, it's nothing nobody can do. If you don't want it. You, you got to want it for yourself. Can't nobody else want it for you. And for me, I wanted it for myself. I Like I said, I like supporting my family. I like having nice things. I like not going to jail, you know. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> but, but, it took, but, it, but it took, you know, 
the la- me going to jail this last time to understand that. I've been home now six years. You know, having thought about committing a crime, having committed a crime, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, for me, it's like, it's the change and being able to have your freedom to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's a lot of people who come home from jail and like, man, I'm not working here. I'm not working there. I didn't care where I worked. I stood outside in the freezing cold, holding a flag. You know what I mean? 20, 10, 10 degrees, 20 degrees, because I wanted to change. You know, I, I went to jail. I worked for 42 cents an hour, $72 a month. So if, 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 if you come home, if you come home and somebody said, listen, I got your job over here. It only paying $8, $8 an hour. If you don't take it, you don't want change. Right. Because you just because you just sat in that prison and worked for that white man for forty two cent for seventy two dollars a month. That's what you work for. So some you, of those guys go in jail and they, they don't even want to work in jail. But that's that's the mindset, you know. But yeah. but what happens is what happens is when you're in jail and you have people on the outside who continuously just you know oh you need some money on your books you need this you need that okay we got you we got you. But then the longer you stay in jail, guess what? Them people start to fall off. That money that you was getting that first year, first two years, you're not getting that no more. So now what you got to do? You got to go work in that kitchen or you got to go work on that yard, sweeping up the yard, picking up cigarette butts. You know, that $15 a month that the state give you, you know, that, that ain't working no more. So you got to do something. So now you're working for 42 cents an hour. You're starting at 19 cents. You're starting at 19 cents an hour, and you have to work your way up to 42 cents an hour to get $72. So, again, if you come home and I say, yo, bro, I got this job for you, it, it pays $12 an hour, and you tell me, no, it's nothing I can do for you. My support right. is done. Yeah. So, any uh, last or final thoughts you want to um, give? Y'all want to give? Oh, yeah. We, we're going to do the uh, quick game real quick. Uh, the category is. So this is a Spitfire game. We we did it only a couple of times on our show, but we, we need to bring it back for our guests. So it's like a this or that game. We're going to give you like two options and then you don't need to think long. <laughs> yeah, whichever, whatever one comes to your mind first. The preference, like which 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 two would you prefer? Okay, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do um, I'm, I'm gonna do soul food as the category. It's called the category is mac and cheese or collard greens. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Did we you gotta just pick one. Instructions. You have oh, to pick man. one. You have to pick one. Uh, mac and cheese. Fried chicken or fried fish. Chicken. Cornbread or biscuits? Cornbread. Banana pudding or sweet potato pie? Sweet potato pie. So for breakfast, pancakes or French toast? French toast. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Grits or hash browns? Grits. Uh, would you rather have good health or be rich? Mm. <sighs> I'll probably rather be rich because if I'm rich, I can get healthy. Lies. <laughs> I can I can pay to get healthy if I'm rich. 
now. What is that? A miracle drug? <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast today. They were talking about Bob Marley, how he, how he had cancer, and that's what that was his last word. <laughs> money, money, money can't save you if <laughs> you died of cancer. But they were saying that it's so apparently in Jamaica. It's the whole conspiracy that like the CIA gave him cancer. But when you that. say when you say be rich or be hungry, it depends on which one with my health. Because if I'm just fat and out of shape, that's what. But see, I, I feel like if you're healthy, then you can make money. Like you, you won't have to worry about getting sick. I mean, I, I don't know which one I would would do, but I mean, because if you, if you rich, if you rich and you not healthy, I mean, I guess the money won't go to other people. So love get love and bud. Anyway, <laughs> so how can the people contact you on Facebook? You on Facebook? You don't never post on Instagram. Definitely don't. <laughs> I don't even do. I, you know, I post here and there on Facebook. You know, I just, I'm, I'm just, I just go in the back door and just look. You know, see what everybody. The back door. Yeah. But if somebody. If somebody listens and they hear your story and they need, you know, some advice or something, they can definitely. The reason why we ask so, like, if they want to reach out to you. Yeah. What's your uh, Instagram name? Anthony uh, Big Fella. You, you don't know your own Instagram I don't know name? My own Instagram. That's the same. Um, but Facebook, just Anthony Williams. Um, huh? We'll post his uh, social. It's Amelia Anthony Williams. It is. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. How to, you know, I don't have no underscore that in the, you know. Um, but uh, my Instagram. Uh, wow, well, I don't even know my own stuff. It's cool if y'all if y'all want to get in contact with him, go with Janina's page. So, Ava, Ava so his, mom. No, so his, <laughs> his Instagram is Anthony the Big Fella Williams. He don't have no posts, but you can send him DMs, not women. <laughs> Any men. Let's make that clear. <laughs> make that clear, not women. You know, or anybody, like if you know anybody who wants to get their CDL. Uh, um, Anthony's aspiration is to become become an entrepreneur right now. He's a commercial driver. Um, his aspiration is to become um, an entrepreneur. He does have a, an LLC, ADW Trucking LLC. Um, but hopefully within the near future, he'll be able to purchase his own trucks and then he'll have drivers, right? Right. right. I'll be your support system. I'll give you a job. But yeah, women you know can I mean, reach out if they have a husband that's incarcerated. Right, that, but, and you know what? That's and that, that's what I was going to say, Shadia. Why, why women can't reach out if they want to, you know... I, I mean, I don't know what kind of wife I would be to invite women to my husband's DMs. Well, no, well like, it depends on what they're coming to my DMs. Yeah, yeah not if <laughs> like, they come in sideways, like, but women right, are you, truck can, drivers. Is there anything you can do to help my husband out? Or, you know right. what I'm saying? You know, yeah. Can my husband call so you would be okay with me being in another man's DMs asking about you? Asking about me? Yeah. Asking about how, like, like two years ago, if I was in another man's DMs. I was DM, home two years ago. 
Right. If I was in another so, man's so, DM. Seven years ago, oh, or six man. years ago, if there if this was going on, right, and somebody wanted to, you needed you wanted a way to help me out okay. to become better, right, right, but you had to ask another man. Well, you you would be okay with that? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm just asking. Yeah. I mean, because if it's if it's going to make me better, if it's going to make me a better person, I don't care. Okay. But bird. if it's you know if it's also number on soul food. Bird got her husband a job. <laughs> she went about that the wrong way, though. <laughs> All right, we're gonna close this out. Um, yes, yeah, so Anthony, thank you for coming on our podcast. I appreciate you, women. <laughs> you great women having me on your show. Thank hopefully, you for being open. Hopefully, this won't be the last time. Okay. <laughs> Okay. You want to come back on the joy? Of course. <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. We She's going to get joy. out of here. She's my joy, y'all. She <laughs> your joy. We're joy. going to get out of here. We will catch you guys next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening to my mom and auntie. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram at the underscore joy underscore podcast. On Twitter at w underscore the Jack and on TikTok at the Join A Podcast. Don't forget to ask the Join sending your listener letters to the Join Pod at gmail.com. BYE! Let's go. They're just ambitious women networking while some other women aspire to get burkin. While some other women hit the club and get twerking. Educated women know that it's a bit irking. Whether you be a woman or you be a male, you need to listen to Jadina and Shalia L. Cause if you know like I know ain't nothing better than the Billy John. Authenticity is something that they really on. <laughs> this is the John, a podcast. I love y'all. Be forward. Peace and love.